If you've ever been around kids before, you'll notice that quite often they ask the question, why? And while it may in fact drive you crazy at times, why is actually very important. So today we're going to discuss why why is impactful for your business. enjoy the Miss Biz podcast but still have questions or need advice, we have some exciting news for you. Join us for Miss Biz Connects. Miss Biz Connects is a weekly one-hour Zoom call on Fridays at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. This is one hour each week dedicated to you. We want to meet you and put our brains together to help you grow personally, professionally, and spiritually. To access the meeting link, visit us on our social media pages at Miss Biz Podcast or send us an email to MissBizPod at gmail.com. Join us this Friday and let's grow the Miss Biz Nation. Lady bosses, are you working even after putting the kids to bed but still not getting results? Are you tired of spending money on ads that aren't getting engagement? Do you feel burdened that you aren't fulfilling your purpose in life because you are so consumed with work? I'm your host, Brooke Boltz. I'm an attorney and founder of Boltz Legal. I started my business and in one year was bringing in seven figures and am now bringing in multi-seven figures. And I'm your co-host, Rachel Boltz, owner of Boltz Media. I've helped many businesses build their online presence and increase their revenue through digital marketing. Want to hear how we did it? We are here to help you achieve your goals personally, professionally, and spiritually. So kick off your high heels sit back and let's ignite that passion we're miss biz where we're putting the miss in biz let's get biz done maybe you've heard in business what is your why i've always heard that but i didn't really understood what it meant i thought when someone asked for my why they were asking me why I wanted to be successful or why I wanted to make money. And the answer I always thought of was, well, I want to be able to support my family and I want to be able to have financial freedom so my kids can have an enjoyable life and have you know opportunities. Or I want to have financial freedom so that I can do things that are more important in life, like like things that I'm passionate about in ministry. Um, But I recently have learned that that is not what your why is. Why is not about making money. That is a result. Why is a purpose, cause, or belief. It's the very reason your organization exists. So in reading the book, Start With Why, the author talks about the golden circle and it's three concentric circles and if you're watching the video on youtube we i've drawn the concentric circles and i'm showing them to the screen so the outermost circle the largest circle says what 
And this is how we generally start most business networking conversations. We shake hands and then say, what do you do? It's the first thing we ask. And we spend the majority of our time talking about the what. Then, if we finish talking about the what, we generally go to the how. How does our business operate? And then sometimes, if ever, we get to that smallest circle in the center, which is your why. But what the book says is that we're doing this backwards. We should be starting with why as the biggest circle, then going to what, and finally, and and it should be a minimal part of the conversation is the how. So, and the reason why we want to start with why is because it builds trust. So people don't buy things for logical reasons. They buy from emotional reasons. And that is something that Zig Ziglar talks about in his book. Trust resides in the emotional areas of our brains. It's not rational. It's not a feeling. For example, we trust some corporations or some individuals even when things go wrong and don't trust others when things do go as planned. So for example, every time I log into LinkedIn to check out and see what's going on on my feed, um, I get numerous messages from individuals and different corporations who want to sell me something. And half of the time, I don't even respond to them because I don't trust them. It seems salesy. I don't feel like they have my best interests at heart. I feel like they're just trying to get money out of me. However, I have responded in the past to messages um, where I felt like there was going to be a mutual beneficial relationship going on. Like I felt like they were an integritous person. I felt like their motives were pure. So that's an example of how someone can have a legitimate business and be doing you know, everything correct. But because I don't have that relationship with them, um, I don't trust them and the conversation never moves forward from there. And the converse is also true. If you have trust some, for someone and then they mess up or something doesn't go right, you will continue to utilize that product or service even despite the one mishap because we are our buying decisions are motivated out of trust, which is sort of a gut feeling more so than an isolated incident. Um, an example of this for me is that I had a nanny who watched my uh, three-year-old almost since he was born, since he was like six months old. And when we first hired her, she was incredibly responsible. She was always there every day on time. Um, she did a great job with Luke and we just really built a lot of trust. But then over the course of time, that trust started to break down um, because she started to you know, just not show up sometimes or call out unexpectedly. She would say she was, you know, sick every single week, um, having car trouble several times a month, um, like just always some excuse. And it was really becoming um, 
an annoyance because I could never know for sure each morning if she was going to show up or not and if I was going to have to find some alternative childcare. So, but in the back of my mind, I always remembered that in the beginning, she was so reliable and she was so trustworthy. And so I, I kept hoping and kept working with her because I kept believing that she would get back to that place, that maybe she was going through something in her personal life that was causing to her to, to be unreliable, but that we would get past that and get back to the place of trust. And so for that reason, I, I let her continue working with us for close to three years, even though the irresponsible behaviors started to show probably after the first year. Um, and then it all kind of culminated in a really interesting story when one morning I uh, took my oldest daughter to school and when I um, when I dropped her off at school I had another appointment so I drove to that appointment I'm sitting in the car waiting for the appointment to start and I'm scrolling through Facebook and I see a picture of my son on the neighborhood Facebook page and he's three and it says, does anyone know whose child this is? He is walking around outside in the neighborhood. And I was like frantic. I immediately tried calling my husband who was home, but was sleeping. Um, and he's not answering. So I'm blowing up the nanny's phone. She's not answering. And I'm leaving her messages like, where are you? Why aren't you at the house? Like Luke is outside walking around. Like what is going on? And so I can't reach anybody. And so all I can do is go back to that Facebook post and write a comment to the lady and said, here's my address. Please take him home and like ring on the doorbell a hundred times. So my husband wakes up and comes downstairs. And next thing I knew there was uh, my husband was calling me and he said you know she was able to find the right house because the door was wide open and so she had brought Luke into the house and just started yelling and my husband you know came out and and got Luke but um, that was kind of the straw that broke the camel's back for me with the nanny was that had she been there that obviously wouldn't have happened but even if she would have texted me to tell me she couldn't come that day I would have woken my husband up before I left to take my daughter to school so that he would have been awake and prepared to watch Luke when he woke up but it was the lack of communication and just the the not showing up at all that put us in this position to where my husband my son's life really could have been endangered September 30th is International Podcast Day. As a way to celebrate, we are launching a giveaway where one lucky winner will receive a $500 gift card. To play, you must listen for the super secret keyword found in every episode leading up to September 30th. Send your answer to MissBizPod at gmail.com and you will be entered to win. You can also earn more entries by liking our posts, following our pages on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube, or by sharing our content on your page using the hashtag MissBizPodcast. Each like and follow is one additional entry.
The person with the most entries wins. Let's celebrate International Podcast Day and let's get biz done. Today's keyword rhymes with police station. It is Miss Biz Nation. So that was when my empathy ended, and it was shortly after that that I told the nanny she needed to, to find another job. But I held on for so long because of the initial trust that had been built. Yeah, I think that would have done it for me, too. I would have been absolutely mortified if I, I had seen my three-year-old son on Facebook and, you know, I was in fear of his safety. Um, so... An important aspect to consider, and this is probably the most important point that we're going to make in the podcast today, is we trust businesses when we know that they are motivated beyond personal gain. Um, this is something that can't be faked. This is the real deal. So this requires vulnerability in the service industry especially. If you think of a time that you've hired a professional, how did you choose them? I spent a lot of time thinking about this because there are certain professions that I know um, several. I know several realtors. I know several mortgage professionals. I know, you know, several different people. I know several chiropractors. I know several roofers. And so I, I spent some time thinking, and, and I would challenge you to do the same. Think about those professions where you know multiple people who do the same thing. And ask yourself, if I needed to refer someone, which of those professionals would I choose and why? And assume, you know, assume that they're all competent. competent. Competency is definitely a factor, but I was trying to put into my mind, okay, let's say they're all competent, and they are. All of the realtors and mortgage professionals that I know, they're all competent, but why would I choose one over the other? And for me, the biggest factor I kept coming back to was who cares the most, if they, if that person seems like they genuinely care about what they do and who they're serving, then that for me kept being the dominant reason why I would choose them over someone else. And I completely agree with that. It's going to be that person that's willing to go the extra mile for the client. It's going to be that individual who puts their client's needs above their own. Um, and according to some research that I read, it, there's four reasons why we trust people. Um, one, the top one was benevolence. Um, that means that that person is a kind and caring person. You know that they're going to treat others with respect and kindness at all times. The second point it mentioned was integrity. This means that that person is going to be ethical. They're not going to be the type of person that's going to lie or manipulate or um, make false promises just to try to make a sale. Um, they're there's 
also competence, like Brooke had mentioned, you know, competence is knowing that that person has the absolute skills and ability to get what needs to be done, done. And then there's predictability. So that's the, that's the consistency aspect. That's where you know that you're going to be able to depend on somebody if they say that they're going to do something or be there um, or handle something they're going to be consistent and they're going to be able to get it done so I absolutely agree with these four reasons I think that it perfectly summarizes everything that goes on in our mind that we don't realize when we are deciding who to use for a product or service but um, beyond this we have to ask ourselves are we this type of person is this how people perceive us but we also don't always have time for someone to get to know our whole life story um, to evaluate these things about us so we have to get to a place where these characteristics these four reasons that people trust us are evident in our early conversations and that's where your why comes into play in in expressing your why telling that story people can tell what kind of person you are and it it gives them examples to build that trust and show that you are a benevolent person you have integrity you are competent and you are consistent so an example of a company who i think does a good job with their why is nike I've never seen a Nike ad where they're telling me about this shoe has great tread and it's lightweight and it's got extra cushioning. Like I, I've never heard that. Instead, I see a commercial of a woman sprinting on the side of a mountain. She's dripping sweat. She's pushing her body to its maximum potential. And then there's some inspirational quote like, breaking boundaries one mountain at a time. And then their slogan, just do it. This why in Nike is we push ourselves to our maximum potential. What is we sell shoes, right? We know they sell shoes. So if an, if Nike was just saying we sell shoes and, you know, and the how is these are high performing shoes and attractive athletic shoes, like that's not what makes people believe in and trust the product of Nike. Um, their commercials demonstrate their why, which is we push ourselves to our maximum potential. And if, if they are doing that in their ad, then we, we connect the correlation that they must also be doing that in other ways. And so we, we buy the shoe and try it out. And um, then we have the trust, which is harder to break um, once it's been built, just like my story with the nanny. And everyone has a why, and everyone's why is born out of his or her past experiences. So ponder on your why and try to determine what defining experience made you the person that you are today. Each day for a week, 
engage in a secret act of kindness. Do something nice or needed for others, but do so anonymously. These acts can be very simple, such as washing someone else's dishes that were left in the sink, picking up trash on the sidewalk, making an anonymous donation, or even just leaving a peanut butter chocolate cup on someone's desk. Just make sure they don't have a peanut allergy because that would defeat the purpose. See if you can hone in on why your why is your why. And for me growing up, um, I grew up in the church growing, I mean, ever since I was like a couple months old, I was surrounded by the church. We were fully immersed. I met wonderful people. Um, and even with like the elderly who were, you know, in their nineties and widowed, you know, they were my friends. I considered them my friends. And I would ask my parents at the age of like three or four, like, Hey, can I go over to so-and-so's house? She's lonely. I want to talk to her. So I really do believe that experiences of, from just who I was around kind of shaped me and made me into that person that was just always wanting to help and not necessarily wanting to be ordinary like people were at that age you know so I think that really having those mature influences around me and also just having the you know Christian values instilled at me in me at a young age kind of made me um, who I was today and one of the the biggest memories that I have was I was in kindergarten and I think it was like the first day of school and I don't I don't really remember this but there I'll tell you how I know about it um, there was a girl who was crying I guess it was probably her first time being away from home she was sad she didn't want to be there who knows she was crying and I went up over to her and I had some tissues in my pocket and I handed them to her and I said I want to be your friend and then from there we became friends well my teacher had written my parents a note that basically said you know uh, the other day a girl was crying um, outside Rachel went right over to her gave her some tissues and said I want to be your friend she made her feel better and now they are great friends I'm so glad that Rachel is in my class. So when I think, and my parents still have that note to this day, it was on their refrigerator, I think until I was like 25 or something ridiculous <laughs> like that. Um, but when I think about my why and what past experiences made me who I am, I really do believe that it's because of the, the people that I had around me in my life and how I was brought up and just the the feeling of knowing that you can make such a big impact in somebody's life and just how much joy that can bring you. I think it's interesting because my why story also involves somebody who was crying, but I reacted to it different. Um, 
My why story is from middle school. I was in seventh grade and I had recently moved and was in a new school. And so I didn't have a lot of friends. And one of my friends one day was crying. And I came up and asked her, of course, you know, what was wrong. And she told me that she was crying because some other girl had been mean to her. And the other girl's name was Jessica. And so my reaction, unlike yours, was where is Jessica at? (laughs) And I need to, like, give her a piece of my mind. So I tracked down Jessica and tell her off for making my friend cry. And then I walk away. And little did I know, but then Jessica started to cry. Um, And so two of the most popular girls in the entire school saw Jessica crying and went to her and asked her what was wrong. And of course she said, Brooke, you know, made me cry. So that led to these two very popular girls um, coming at me, like in a major way. They started um, telling everybody in the school terrible things about me. Everywhere I walked in the school, they would, you know, yell mean things to me, say mean things about me, um, just everywhere. And, and people would come up to me and be like, what did you do to these girls? Like, they hate you. They're saying terrible things about you to everyone in the grade and including saying it directly to me every time they had a chance or every time they saw me. And, you know, no one came to my aid. It was, it was me by myself, you know, um, you know, just dealing with this, meanness and it all accumulated or culminated one day after PE class the whole grade all the all the girls go to PE at the same time and we had finished with class and so we were walking around the back of this building that is a place where it's like at the very back of the school there's no teachers there just kind of a um, a walkway that people use and these girls came up to me and pushed me against a wall and are just screaming at me. And I, um, I'm, you know, they're, they're getting in my face and the whole grade is like circled around watching this. And it eventually leads to one of the girls slap me in the face. And, um, I don't even really remember what happened after that. I think maybe somebody, um, a student, Uh, A male student might have stepped in and intervened at that point. I don't really remember for sure, but I remember that I was obviously very upset and I called my dad and asked him to come pick me up from school. And so I went home, I told my dad what had happened and he was of course um, very upset and went to the school and told the school what had happened. And the school then made us have like a powwow of me and the other two popular girls. And I, um, I was just really embarrassed about the situation and just really wanted it to be over. I wanted these really popular girls to just leave me alone and I just wanted to move past it. And so when, when the principal would, you know, asked me, you know, how I felt or, or what I wanted, I just was very much like, it's fine, you know, it's fine, just let's move on. And, um, 
and so you know that was that was kind of it for the experience but that experience had a an an effect on me for decades um i would have i would relive that experience over and over i would dream about it um because I was so ashamed of myself that I did not stand up for myself in that moment. Um, When those girls were in my face, I didn't fight back. I didn't yell back. I just stood there and let them yell at me. Um, I never explained why I had yelled at Jessica, um, that it was because she had been mean to my friend. I just didn't defend myself. And, and I, I was just very intimidated by who they were and the fact that they were popular. And, um, even when it came to them being punished, I just, I, I didn't even speak up for myself. Like I just wanted it to be over. And I, I hated myself for so long that I didn't defend myself. I, I didn't do anything. And I always would have imagined that I would have been the type of person who would have not taken anything from anybody, right? That I, that's how I saw myself as a strong person, that if someone came at me, I would be coming right back. Like that's the I mean, I played tackle football at this point. Like, I was not someone who was easily just pushed around. But when I was put in that position, I just let them do whatever they wanted to me. And, and, and I didn't stand up for myself. And it was not until I was well into my adult years that I woke up again with that same dream Um, and that same sick feeling in my stomach of, um, disappointment and shame that I finally prayed to God and said, God, like, I'm releasing this to you. I am not going to let this memory haunt me anymore. Like I am not, I have learned from that experience and I will never be anybody's doormat. And I think that experience, um, I already had the personality of wanting to defend people who needed help. I, I, you know, I, I did that with my friend when Jessica was mean to her, but I, I hadn't really done it for myself. And, and when I became a lawyer, it was giving myself the tools to never be taken advantage of, to never be in a position where I felt helpless and you know, now if, if someone does something unjust, I have the tools within the legal system to fight back within the bounds of the law. And I can do the same for other people who feel helpless or hopeless. You know we're all about that case, about that case, no trouble. All about that case, about that case, no trouble. All about that case, about that case, no trouble. All about that case, about that case. At Bolts Legal, we are all about your case. Text or call to schedule a free consultation for all your legal needs. BoltsLegal.com. And so... I now can talk about that memory. I never told a single soul about that memory. Actually, I think this is probably today the first time I've ever told that story to anyone 
ever because I was so ashamed of my own behavior. Um, and so I can now tell it though, as a memory without there being the pain and, you know, shame that there once was, it's, it's a memory that I can reflect on as an experience that, that, um, impacted me, but not something that I have pain, pain from anymore. So I've released that story to God. He has, um, delivered me of the pain of it, but it, it certainly was a formative experience in my life that led to my deep desire to fight for justice and to never be anybody's doormat. I think that that's a very inspiring story. And I think a lot of people probably have a lot similar stories, maybe not that same experience, but something major that happened in their life that drove them to be where they are today. And there may be a lot of people that don't even really realize that that is why their why is their why. But it's so important to really kind of sit down and figure out what your why is, because the ability to be able to convey your why to others versus your how and your what, that is going to be how people remember you. That's going to be how people trust you and how people choose to do business with you. And you can tell about someone's character from their why story. Right. There's I don't have to say to people, um, I care about justice because they can see that in the story. I don't have to say to people. And, and I think so many times when we're in a sales meeting, we do that. We say, I'm 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 benevolent. I have integrity. I'm competent and I'm consistent. We tell people we are these things, but by telling them. They don't trust that. Of course, you're going to say that you you are those things. But if you tell a story mm -hmm. um, and you're vulnerable and you open yourself up to where they can see those attributes in you through the story, then that is the goal in sharing your why. And these things can't be faked, right? Like you can't, people can see through you. If you're just putting on um, a show for the purpose of trying to make a sale, then people aren't going to trust that. They're going to tell, be able to tell that, you know, this is your, this is your sales pitch. It's trying to you know, create emotion or whatever it is. So what we're talking about is not trying to um, you know, be manipulative in a way of making a sale. We're talking about digging deep, f figuring out first where your why comes from and in your, in your past experiences, and then being vulnerable to share that with other people so they can see who you truly are. And in doing that, they will be able to see the type of character you are and build trust. Let's get biz done. We appreciate you and are honored to be on this journey with you. We can't wait to help you, to encourage you, and show you how to grow personally, professionally, and spiritually. If you found Miss Biz helpful, please leave a review and share with others. You can follow us on social media at Miss Biz Podcast. For legal questions or services, please visit 
boltslegal.com. And for digital marketing needs, please visit boltsmedia.com. Let's get biz done. Thank you.